Drinks, food, art, fun. This is Hops and Spirits, Kentucky. We're officially wrapping up 2022, heading toward the holiday seasons. I hope you have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, no matter what you're celebrating, how you're celebrating. Hopefully it's with good friends, good family, good drinks, good food, and you're having a good time. we got a great episode for you to wrap it up this year here on Hops and Spirits, Kentucky. We have a flight night with Log Still Distillery. And uh, but before that, let's get to some news and notes to close out the new year as there's plenty going on. After debuting their plans over a year ago, Gallant Fox Brewing will open its new Mount Washington production brewery and tap room located at 155 North Bardstown Road this week. Beer and spirits will be available through the end of the year with expanded hours and kitchen operations beginning in January 2023. First opened in 2020, named after the 1930 Triple Crown winner, Gallant Fox a brewing opened up its first location in original taproom in Louisville's Clifton neighborhood. That location will stay open and it will also undergo a little bit of renovations as well. So a lot to look forward there in the beer world. In the bourbon world, earlier this month, Kentucky Bourbon Distillers LTD, doing business at as Willett Distillery, announced it will invest nearly $93 million in Washington County to support projects that include the construction of a new distillery operation, barrel storage warehouses, and a water storage area for fire prevention. The project, located in Springfield, will see the construction of a 70,000 square foot facility on 150 acres. Construction is expected to begin next month. Willett Distillery was founded in 1936 and is a family owned and operated distillery in Nelson County. And in release news, bourbon release news, Old Forester this past week announced the release of its latest edition in its 117 series, a double barrel double barreled bourbon that stayed in the second barrel for an unusually long time. Old Forester took its 1910 expression and aged it for, in a second barrel for 24 additional months. It is aptly named Old Forester Extra Extra Old. Uh, it is bottled at 93 proof and will be available at select Kentucky retailers. Uh, guests visiting the distillery uh, on paid experiences now through December 23rd will have an opportunity to purchase a bottle in accordance with the distillery's special release policy. But enough of news and notes. Up next is our flight night with Log Still Distillery and Wally Dan. It's a great chat, great chat with some great pours, and it's a perfect way to close out 2022. Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us here for our flight night, it's also the last episode of 2022, so I guess I should wish everyone a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas as we welcome in our full lineup. We have uh, two of the three from the original flight crew and a, a guest making a, an appearance who you've seen quite a bit. So first up, depending on where they're at on my screen, I welcome in Ariella, better known as A, and you can find her on Instagram at Influenski. Hey, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Glad to be back here again here, tasting some bourbon. It's always a good time when we're tasting some bourbon. We've also got back... He's better known as maybe the VA bourbon hunter on Instagram, host of Brown Water Banter as well. Please welcome back Demoner D. Hey, what's up, guys? Once again, we're here. Let's take a let's drink some bourbon. And and it's always a good time when we're drinking bourbon. And I guess I could call you B because he's one half of the neat mi mixed reviews here on Hops and Spirits. 
you know, if we're going to go with A, D, maybe you're B. <laughs> Welcome in, Brandon Evans. <laughs> What's up, everybody? And our guest, he's the president and distiller of Logstill Distillery, and he has a long family tradition and heritage in this game. Welcome in, Wally Dan. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. Well, thanks for uh, sharing some uh, drinks with us and some pours. Well, happy to be invited to this and hopefully um, hear what you have to say about our stuff. Well, we're excited to try it. And then, like we always do, we'll just hop right into it. The first one up, if you're watching, they have a couple different brands there at Log Still Distillery. This is their Rattle and Snap Tennessee Straight Whiskey. I love the uh, thing there. Make your own luck. Uh, so what do we have here with this uh, Rattle and Snap? So what you have there is a contracted uh, whiskey of our Tennessee whiskey of ours. We, I've known these guys, oh my goodness, probably six or seven years now. And, um, and it's not George Dickel. So a lot of folks, as you probably are aware, being experts as you are, a lot of the stuff coming out of Tennessee when it's not labeled, when it's Tennessee whiskey, a lot of times it's, you know, it's George Dickel stuff, which again, they, they make great product down there, Cascade Hollow and congrats to them, but this is not. So these guys uh, have, I've known for quite some time. And, and uh, so when, you know, I was in Tennessee for 22 some odd years and really wanted to have a, a nice Tennessee expression. And I think we, uh, we got it here. I like it. When I when I first opened it up, it had a very nice uh, a nose, very inviting. So this, yeah, what's sitting in your glass right now is about four and a half year old product. Um, high rye. High rye. Uh, no, no, not a high rye. Sorry. So no, no, it's it is rye, but not not what I consider to be a high rye. Okay. Although you smell that spot, you can smell that spice in there. I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also the the back palate, the, the taste. That's why I asked. If it, was high, uh, it was a high ride. The back palate kind of tastes like a high ride. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely like taste it coming through. Yeah, it's it's actually um, it's it's a, it's a different kind of ride than I'm used to for a pour. You know, to me, it seems like it kind of like kind of goes up. I think maybe because of the spice level where like it kind of starts off kind of mellow and sweet and then kind of like that that kind of spice or whatever that is in the back kind of kind of cranks up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's it linger in the back a little bit more. And it drinks definitely with 97 proof. So it definitely drinks above its proof a little bit. 94 proof. Yeah. 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 You can taste that. You know, I you know I think what we were trying to go for right is that 94 proof. We didn't, we just didn't feel like we needed it to go much higher because, you know, you can taste the alcohol in it and I just didn't want it to overwhelm the palate. And so, you know, we were kind of proofing it out. We just felt it was pretty good around that proof level. And, and at the other end of the day, it's kind of a play on our, um, our DSP number, which is 47. Huh. Right. Oh, so, okay. so there you go. You got 47% alcohol and, you know, 94 proof. So. This kind of worked out pretty nicely. Where did I gotta ask where Rattle and Snap came from? So um, it is a pre-Civil War game of chance, and um, so they took dried-out beans, right, uh, in your hand, rattle them around, and then snap your wrist, right. And I would imagine it was against a wall or in a little box or wooden box or something like that. So it's some sort of 
game of craps. Um, we don't exactly know exactly how the game was played. We just know it was a game. And, um, and it was a pre-Civil War game of chance. There was a, uh, a home in, uh, or some land in Tennessee that um, pre-Tennessee being a state, which was, uh, it was territory of North Carolina. So um, they, the governor of North Carolina lost that land in a game called Rattle and Snap. And so when we were looking for, when we were looking for a name for our, our Tennessee whiskey and really wanted to play up around this whole, you know, make your luck theme, it just really kind of made, made a lot of sense for us. I like that. That's a, that's a good name. story. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good. Great story. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and you can have a lot, you know, we think from a marketing perspective, we can have a lot of fun with that, you know, make your own luck. And so we're kind of looking forward to maybe even coming out with our own rattle and snap game here. Sort of. So nice. (laughs) I like it. I like what's everyone thinking of it, of of the actual pour of rattle and snap. As I apparently spill it on my phone. It's sweet for me. Like a lot of honey, uh, some oak, but it's pretty sweet smooth <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna be talking about you know it's pretty smooth very easy to drink i would say yeah. extremely easy to drink i think wally you said like oh this is not george dickel when i smell it's like yeah this is not george dickel whatsoever <laughs> i was like yeah you can't you, you don't smell that um but mm-hmm. yeah this is a pretty pretty good like easy to drink like really yeah. easy to drink very yeah, you know, we, this is what we call our everyday expression of our Tennessee whiskey. So we do have like an eight-year-old as well, uh, same mash yeah. bill, same distillers. And oh, wow. um, and that one, and you, you'll actually find that on some shelves here in Kentucky, well, actually pretty much everywhere we're selling right now. Um, but it's a limit, limited, so I had about 50 barrels of that. And, um, and you can really, there's a tremendous amount of difference between that one and this one. Oh. From an age perspective, and and they had some smaller barrels in there, like thirty gallon barrels, and so huh. so you're really going to see that oak influence uh, really come through in some of some of their eight year thirty gallon barrel. Uh, not all of them. There were like a handful of them that were wow. uh, um, you know wow. thirty gallon barrels, and so Jeez. when you when you taste that one, you can really see where that oak influenced uh, really yeah. kind of yeah. Now, I got to ask, you you know, you went into this business with, um, I believe, your cousins, Lynn and Charles. How, how did you guys decide on getting back into the family business? Well, you know, the family had been out for, you know, since my grandfather retired back in 74 and really the last Dan um, that was in the business worked at Barton's and he retired back in the, um, I guess, kind of mid, mid nineties. And um, for each one of us, um, we were off doing different things. Right. And as a family, we all grew up around it all. And, you know, grew up around the history of whether it was my grandfather, my great grandfather that was in the business um, directly, or, you know, my great, great or great, great, great. Um, all of those, you know, we, that was something that we were just all, all knew about. Right. And, and so for us, you know, I got back into, uh, I I was a healthcare guy out of Nashville. Right. So that's what I did for a living. And on the side, back in the um, early two thousands, I opened up a 
retail store, wine and spirits retail store in Tennessee. Did it with a couple of friends. We did it because we like to have fun and thought, hey, wouldn't this be something if we had a retail store, right? Um, long and short of it was it's a lot harder to own a singular retail store in the state of Tennessee. Um, and where we were located was just kind of an odd location. So it's all about location, location, location. And, uh, and so we got out of that in 2011. And if you know anything about the state of Tennessee, it's a franchise state for dis distribution, right? So once you sign a brand over to a distributor, that distributor basically kind of owns you for the rest of your life. And so we said, okay, well, if we, if we sell the retail store, then why don't we get in the distribution business, right? So we got into the distribution business, again, not knowing our ass from a hole in the ground and, and, uh, and got into that and had that business for another seven or eight years uh, before I sold that in 2020. Um, but in that process, uh, rabbit, we represented Rabbit Hole in the state of Tennessee. So my company did. And so getting to know Cave and what he was doing and then getting to know the other suppliers that we had so we had a number of them whether 80 laws i don't know if you guys have ever had that or not um but uh, out, of, out of colorado six and 20 out of south carolina and so we represented a number of different spirit brands and just kind of getting to know those guys and kind of what they were doing and Kave looking at me one day and saying, hey, Wally, you know, you've got a story here that's half of the battle with Bergen. It's not a real authentic story. And he goes, why don't you do this yourself? So we kind of planted that seed back in probably 2017 sort of time frame. And uh, with the success of my healthcare companies, you know, here we are. Uh, I like that. You name it Log Still Distillery. How did you come up with that name? So there were a few families that were known for what they called back in the back in that early 1830s, 40s time frame for stilling on the log, right? So they could not afford a copper still, right? And so the Dant family and the Wathen family in particular were really known for kind of stilling on the log. So they took hollowed out logs because they couldn't afford them. A copper still, which mostly was coming out of Pittsburgh at that time, and uh, and began, you know, stilling moonshine basically on the log, and then putting it in barrels. And so they began to have this product that was fairly consistent. And um, and through that success, he was eventually able to, you know, kind of start the business with a, uh, a get a copper still and build his own proper distillery. But you know, the the, the families, the Wathen family, the Dant family kind of known originally for that and so when i was looking for a name for our distillery um you know i harkened back to that time and said that was kind of appropriate for us to call our, our new distillery log still that's, that's interesting yeah it's super interesting i i was i was also wondering what made you do a tennessee and a kentucky whiskey I don't, yeah, I, don't um, think, I don't even know if I've ever seen that. There's not a whole lot. Well, I mean, look at Brown Foreman. They can do it, right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I actually, I started my career at Brown Foreman. Um, so, no, you know, when I when I really put the company together along with Lynn and Charles, uh, I, you know, I had some of those, what is now our eight-year-old Tennessee whiskey in stock. 
and we needed to do something with it, quite frankly. But uh, at the at the end of it all, I really, you know, I've been in Tennessee for 22 years, longest place I've ever lived in my entire career. I've moved around, uh, even when I was a kid, every three years or something like that. And um, you know, my dad bled around. He worked at UPS, and um, and so, and in my career, I moved around. And so, having stayed in Tennessee that long. And, you know, really understanding what Tennessee whiskey was that state, I just thought, hey, you know, that'd be pretty cool. We can have two separate brands, one a Tennessee brand, another Kentucky brand, and, and you know, be able to offer something that's a little more unique than maybe what people have tasted before on the Tennessee whiskey side. And, uh, you know, and marry that up with our Kentucky bourbon. And, and while we all kind of snub our nose, whether you're in Tennessee or in Kentucky about each other's bourbons and or whiskeys, Generally speaking, when you go out to the rest of the United States, they don't give a shit. They just want to taste something good, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. True story. Uh, that's very fair. And for for those that are wondering, they're like, I know this 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 name, this Dant name. Can you talk a little bit about that family legacy? Yeah, you know, our, our family's been in the in the in the business for nearly almost two hundred years now, um, and one of the original pioneers, I guess, around bourbon whiskey in the state of, of Kentucky, certainly. Uh, and just for all of those that are listening that may care or may not care, I always have to do this now. Um, you know, Log Still Distillery neither owns nor has any affiliation with the JW Dant Distilled Spirits brand, right? Um, so just get that out and get it over with. Uh, all that being said, you know, our family's been it that long. The Whether it was my great grandfather that owned the distillery that we're in today. Uh, so he had it from post prohibition through about 1940. And then, um, you know, my grandfather working here, he retired in 1974. My dad was born and raised on property. Every single one of those dance sons in particular, you know, we're all basically in the business. So a number of them built their own brands and built their own companies. So for instance, um, Yellowstone, which is now owned by Luxro, right? Uh, yep. Steve Beam and, and Limestone Branch. That Yellowstone was founded by uh, Joseph Bernard Dant, right? And so he oh. built a distillery. He built a distillery here on our, on our property. So we have about 350 acres here. And so there were three, at one point in time, pre-prohibition, three different distilleries within this really wow. 10 acre site. So huh. that's interesting. Wow. That's wild how, how far history can, can date back. And, and I, I love it too. And it's interesting too, that you pick, you know, the Tennessee whiskey for us to try first, because I've continued to, to sip on it and I feel like it's just gotten smoother and smoother as I've gone. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it really is. It's a, I, you know, it's a great expression. I think of, of what we were really kind of looking for, which was, and I think a, you said it earlier about how smooth it was. We really wanted something that was kind of really easy across that palate. And that, that was again, different for folks to taste from the Tennessee whiskey profile perspective. And, very different. and uh, you know, really very approachable. And yeah. you know, from a price point, from a price point perspective, I think it's at maybe retail thirty-seven dollars or somewhere in that range. So we That's wanted something that was affordable. 
and and I do like the you know the age statement. And now I feel like I need to try to look for the eight year old. So we got. I think we got. Because it sounds interesting. Yeah. I've got it. Here's a second. I get it. So you can see, kind of, this is a, our eight-year-old label, right? So you've got that little. Okay, I've seen that. Yeah, so, you know, it kind of stands out on the shelf too. Yeah, it's like a book. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like book. Book, you can bookend it, right? <laughs> it'll, it'll go perfect in everyone's collection, right? <laughs> it'll look good in my shelves. <laughs> that's right. Now. Um, where where can they find the the Tennessee the the rattle and snap? I'm I'm guessing Kentucky go log still you can get it. Where where else can you find it? Well, and I think for almost all practical purposes, I mean here in Kentucky, we're at generally every single liquor barn outlet uh, has both sets. They've got the Monks Road, they've got the um, the rattle and snap. Kroger I think carries it now as well. Particularly, I know they've got the four year old. And um, and then you know any retailer uh, like Party Source up in Newport, um, yeah, sorry Newport, and uh, they they carry it up there too. So most most outlets have it now. Um, we did honestly, we just came out with our Tennessee whiskeys the end of September. Uh, that we did the. the small batch that you're tasting which is a weeded mash bill that came out oh that's why that makes sense that makes sense okay i was like wow it's the tennis i think the tennessee being it weeded i think kind of threw me off to begin with so no not the tennessee yeah so this one right so this one the monks road oh that one is the that is the weeded mash bill so tennessee is not weeded Nope. Nope. Okay. okay. Yeah, I didn't want to throw anybody off. No, it's rye. How, how much rye? Uh, less than 20 and more than 10. How's that? <laughs> 17. In this range somewhere. In it's here. in that range somewhere. <laughs> Len, like Len, Len does not want me to give away our mash bill, so I try. All right. All right. All right. I don't want you to get you in trouble. Don't want you. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah, she would kick my ass, so. <laughs> now, now you you do have the, another one that is weeded, and that is the Monk's Road, correct? That's correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, can you talk a little bit about what we're going to taste next for our second pour? Yeah. So this is uh, again a four-year-old, little over four years old. Uh, we contract distilled this one. So, for those of you that haven't been to the distillery yet, uh, literally, we just got the big still running in July. So we have been contracted doing this one for four plus years uh, here in Kentucky. And, um, and so they've been making it for us for, for that long. And we just thought it was, we're not putting out anything really kind of less than, than um, four years old. So just so you guys know, we, we just won't put out early bourbon we just don't want to do that. Um, and so so this we felt was kind of ready, and um, and so this is this is something that you taste in the night. Again, it's again it's at ninety four proof. So we wanted to come in with that weeded mash bill a little less than what we did with our high rye mash bill that we came out with first. 
Um, you know, there's an expectation, I think, of a little softer character on the weeded bourbons, generally speaking. And um, and this one, again, sits from a retail perspective at around anywhere from 42 to $44 or $45, somewhere in that range. And so we went, again, it was a, one of our, an approachable Kentucky bourbon. I usually get a lot, I get some nuttiness off of, off of this yeah. one. Uh, not to not to jump ahead. Sorry, sorry, Jonathan. I, I was just oh, wondering good. with you with you contracting uh, both of these, but uh, specifically the Kentucky one. So, uh, do you when when your juice is ready, are is it going to be the same label? Like, so it will be Monk's Row. Would it be your distillate? Yeah, so it'll be the same. It'll be the same label. We we're using the same mash bills, same uh, yeast. The only difference that you would potentially taste in our make that we're making today versus what we contract distilled is the water source. Got so on, on our property, we have a 12 acres spring fed lake. And that was the old distillery used that for their distillate. And so we wanted to kind of replicate what was done at the old distillery. So we went through putting a water treatment facility where we, you know, we sand filter, we charcoal filter that lake water. We don't RO, you know, for those of you that are in the know, a lot of water these days is reverse osmosis, right? So it kills, kills everything, which includes minerality, right? And so we wanted to make sure that we kept that limestone profile in our distillate. And so, um, you know, so we use that lake water for our distillate. So, there, there would be slight differences potentially because of the water source. Um, but, but other than that, you know, you're the mash bill, same process, same everything. Got it. Yeah. I was just wondering just because, you know, this one is a weeded mash bill, you know, and, you know, it's, it's once again, not, not super typical for someone to come out with like, you know, a weeded mash bill, I guess, first, before like a Kentucky bourbon or something, or not a Kentucky, but like, you know what I mean, mostly corn, no weed mash bill. So I found that pretty interesting. So, I mean, and I'm a, I always say I have a sweet tooth. So most, most weeded stuff I, I love anyway. So and I think this, this one's pretty smooth. And it also has like a little bit more of a, of a mouthfeel than the Tennessee also. Like it is overwhelming, it coats the, the entire inside of your mouth and it sits for a little while. So I like that. Yeah. So, you know, we did, D, we came out with our, our first real bourbon was a source bourbon, right? So it's a, it's now sitting at seven years old. It's a single barrel, hundred proof, high rye bourbon. And so when we opened the distillery, our tasting room, uh, I guess almost a year and a half ago now, uh, a little over a year and a half ago, we had, I had to sell bourbon, right? So I wasn't going to open a bourbon distillery without bourbon. So we went out and about four years ago, uh, purchased um, some Kentucky made high rye bourbon. And, um, and so it was, when we released it, it was uh, over six years old. And now today, all, almost all of my barrels have now turned seven or eight years old. On, on so, but you know, this, this one wasn't our own. That, this one is, but the original one was a source, source product. And so any of our source product, we've, we've that on that uh, label, you will see fifth district series. 
And that's meant to indicate to those that are in the know that that's a source product from, from us, right? So <laughs> we just, oh, okay. we, it's a way to distinguish it from our own, our own make, our own distillate. And that fifth district is what, the old taxing district? Is that right? It is. It's the old taxing district in Shunsworth, Kentucky. That's right. So it kind of ran up through central Kentucky up to Louisville. And so we kind of named every single one of our, so we're going to have a second expression of that one come out in June. And it'll be named after one, an old distillery that kind of went defunct. The first one is Cold Spring Distillery, which was the original, one of the original uh, J.B. Dan distilleries that, that was here in Gethsemane. We actually, that's that Cold Spring, which is the name of it. Uh, we actually use the um, the spring water to uh, proof our, our, our bourbon today in the, from barrel cooking. Wow. Interesting. So A, B, Brandon, what, what are, what are y'all getting on this one? I think it's very, very smooth. Um, I, I'm like you, Wally. I get the very, I get the nuttiness from the, off the nose. Uh, I actually get a lot of nuttiness on the back end for myself. Um, I think it's very, very smooth. Um, I'm a fan of it. I like it a lot. And from my side, I get a lot of pepper and floral. Uh, it's like a green kind of floor, like green grass, but also pepper, huge pepper um, on the aroma, on the nose. And the palate, I think Dee mentioned, it's it's a little bit more heavier, like, like there's like a cream to it, like that kind of coats your mouth. And it has a nice lingering spice that goes like at the end. Then even though it's like, what is it, 94 proof? Um, it, it just, it's like, I think it says it's like a, uh, like sit, sitting on a porch kind of thing. Um, but this is actually one of the more peppery weeded bourbon that, that I could, that I've had, I think, recently. Yeah, you had a point about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you said that about the grass, the the, the grassy part, because I, I kind of picked up that myself, but I, I didn't want to be weird and say that because it's like, you know, that got to be, I don't want that to be a bad thing because it's definitely not, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but only green grass. Yeah. Green grass. <laughs> yeah. Alfalfa, alfalfa hay. Yeah. <laughs> Coming right off of the week, that grass is still in there, so. I like that. Now, I, I got to ask, I mean, I know you you kind of touched on this, that you did the Tennessee whiskey because that's kind of where you're from. You contract distilled down there. You got the, the Kentucky bourbon, come, you know, the Kentucky whiskey coming along. Why go with these two two brands and maybe not something that says log still? Well, you know, there's a, I guess there's a number of reasons just from a marketing perspective. And let's just say I flopped flat on my face and you guys didn't like any of the shit that I had, right? Um, then all of a sudden my name brand bourbon, right, is now tainted because he's just come out with something that that's too green, too young, too something. And um, and so from a, just from a pure marketing perspective, you know, you can cut off a finger, right, uh, and be okay. But, you know, if you got the heart of your company named Log Still and you got a first brand that comes out and everybody goes, ah, that's just that's just that's just not us. Right. Um, 
you know, so part of it was that reason. And really from a house of brands perspective, you know, you can add more along the way. And we just thought, you know, let's just make sure the distillery. Now, if any of you have collected any of the Bardstown bourbon collection that, that's out there, right? Um, yep, there you go, A. Um, so that that I think that new run for that, the second uh, year run is gonna come up here in February or March, I believe. Um, but it does have, you know, our little label on it, it says Log Steel Distillery. So. Hmm. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Now, I know your your ultimate goal there, though, is to produce, what, about 50,000 barrels? Is that kind of the ultimate goal a year? Yeah, uh, so our, our still, we've got a 24-inch column still. Um, so it produces anywhere from 22 to 24,000 barrels a year. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, as we're sitting here and we're going, and you guys know the bourbon boom that's going on right now all over the place and how much investment is being done, we built it too small. <laughs> I wish we would have built it bigger. Uh, you know, so we'll probably expand into the future. We'll be one of those companies that announce an expansion. Um, but, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're happy with our production. There's just a lot of opportunity out there right now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are interested in what we're doing. Well, you know, your, your new expansion has to have uh, somewhere good to eat that's the that's the new thing in kentucky you know you have to have a good place to eat so if, if d if you haven't been to the, the campus yet um you know we have uh, underway a visitor center restaurant that is under construction mm. we do have an amphitheater um so we've got a 2300 square uh, seat amphitheater um just announced today i think Marni martina mcbride uh, coming I think in June of, of next year oh. and uh, Lady A and we've got some other acts that are that'll be coming out as well. John Michael Montgomery is going to open this season for us. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a unique venue uh, from a distillery perspective. We've got a event and conference center. That's 20 some odd thousand square feet, biggest oh. in Nelson, biggest in Nelson County. And um, quite frankly, the surrounding counties as well. And um, and so and we've got five BNBs on campus. We've got a train station. We've got an overnight train car. All right, you're way ahead of me. What? My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that's a destination. Yeah. So, I was gonna say yeah, Dan Crossing got, has yeah. a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got about 350 acres out here to play with, and and. And, and the reason we do that, and you guys have been on distillery tours before, right? I, mean, I know every one of you have. And and while they are fun and they're unique, but if you do it on a, some sort of repetitive basis, then at some point in time you go, well, I, I've dipped my finger in the mash bills, or mash tanks already. And so um, what else is there? And so we said, let's create that at the very beginning so that we create a memory uh, a great memory for somebody to come back to. And, um, and so by virtue of having the amphitheater out here with shows every Friday during the season or having an event conference center where, you know, you get married in or you have a class reunion in or you have a corporate conference that comes down here, you're creating these memories for folks that go, hey, I, I didn't get to do this, but I'd like to go back and you know, get on that, on that train and stay overnight on their 
overnight uh, sleeping car, right? So if you can do those things, uh, then you're really creating what we consider to be a destination place. So we, for instance, you know, we picked up the executive chef from Churchill Downs, Dave Danielson. And he was at Churchill Downs for 12 years and oh, wow. you know, he's, he's out with us. And so he's creating great culinary experiences to match up with our bourbons, our whiskeys and our gins. And, you know, really creating something that's, again, we think, you know, somewhat unique to the, to the bourbon trail, cocktail trail that we're on. CD, you just, you got a little heavier. Yeah, sorry, sorry. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My bad. It's okay. Now, now I got to ask, is it true that there was a few horse trades, a couple other things to get that full 350 acres? Because I know at one time you kind of had to get a couple parcels to kind of pull, tie it all together, right? Yeah, yeah, there were there were some horse trading that was going on here. Um, but, you know, the, the great thing, I think, really about this community, this is a community that my parents grew up in that our family has you know, known for over 200 years here in this in this part of Nelson County and Marion County. And um, and so they they really embraced us out here. So while there might have been a little horse trading, I think everybody was really kind of looking for us and really thinking, hey, you know, this is a great opportunity to grow the community, have a place for people to come and see this part of uh, Kentucky that they hadn't seen in quite some time and, and really maybe come back to their roots and, and create, you know, great jobs for everybody here. So, you know, what we say in our, in our kind of our motto is God, family community and bourbon and if you do the first things first three things right then your bourbon hopefully will will follow soon i've got a little Great. family that decided to show up here at the I last see, second I see. <laughs> yeah. so be the, the taste tester here there you go uh, yeah yeah we'll, we'll wait a little bit on, on her before she gets into that um, well, you know, you know, if she's teething, I use always use bourbon on my my kids. Yeah. I've, I've heard that. I, I've heard that. I, I, I like that. I like that. Now, I had a question and it's completely gone after she ended up in my lap. So anyone else have questions that they'd like to ask Wally while I maybe think of what I was going to ask? <laughs> well, I, I guess I'll ask like, you know, um, do you have, you know, any plans of I guess my question is like, what's the next step for you guys? You know, is it kind of you know, building your distillate up and replacing the the contract of monks and right up on snap with your own? Well, I guess you can't really do that with right on snap. Yeah, no, I can't. You know, if Tennessee whiskey's got to be manufactured yeah. in Tennessee, right? Yeah. Um, so that'll continue to to go on down there. Those guys are great to work with, um, and you know, just really good good folks uh, for the other stuff. All of that's being switched over to us in twenty. 23 and so you know we'll do our weeded bourbon run we will actually do our uh, our rye whiskey run as well plus our high rye bourbon uh, which we've been doing since july hmm. so um you know we'll we'll continue to lay those down uh we're hopefully getting ready to start construction on our second rick house out here um you know so it's exciting you know pretty exciting oh, wow times. Wow, second Rick House. So I, I have another kind of follow up questions on that. So in terms of kind of profile of lock still distillery, are you guys planning on more of an experimental kind of barrels or blends or is it mainly going to be, you know, weeded uh, single barrels, different age statements, this Tennessee whiskey, but what are your plans in terms of like, or is there any plan 
on kind of thinking of, you know, more of an experimental blends. You know, so Lynn, uh, the way she constructed the, the distillery part, uh, we've got some smaller fermenting tanks over there that she'll use for those experimentations that she wants to do. So I think you're going to see us do different things. Um, we have like my great grandfather's old mash bill. <clears throat> we will run that, right? Guaranteed we will run that. And so you'll see us come out with a, you know, a special, um, you know, bourbon that will be, you know, kind of in his honor. And, um, and so I think you'll see us do that. that that's what Lynn wants okay. to do. She's going to have a lot of fun with it. You know, we've got a gen still here um, and we'll do the same thing around that. That would be fun. I, I remember, I think uh, Steve Beam was on this podcast and we did talk about kind of using some of his family recipes as well, like the minor case. I'm just looking at it mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to those, uh, like, you know, family, like heritage. Yeah. Yeah, Steve and, Steve and I are related on his uh, mother's side. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, his, uh, in, in fact, minor case um, was married on our property. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Now I'm like looking at the bottle and now I'm like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there you go. I, I love a good history lesson. Now I finally remembered my question. When, when you say Nelson County, I couldn't find uh, the, the town that you guys list on a map. So how far <laughs> out there are you? <laughs> so yeah so we're between uh, new haven and new hope right off of uh, state highway 52 and so gethsemane is the name of the what we put on our our label and um and so if you were to look at old bottles that came out of the distillery that was here it always listed gethsemane like dsp number 47 gethsemane Kentucky. And, um, and while we, we lost our post office, which is what my grandmother ran here um, at the train depot, the train depot and the post office were one and the two. Um, uh, while we lost that zip code, uh, you know, back in the late uh, 60s, um, you know, a lot of folks still call this Gethsemane, Kentucky. And so when we opened up the distillery again on the same ground, we wanted to, um, you know, get a nod back to uh, the historical nature of our property here. Uh, is that the same as the, the distilling number as well? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's DSP number 47, which, um, you know, there's not a whole lot uh, that are smaller than our numbers from a DSP perspective. But uh, because we had the family name, you know, my great grandfather on the property and we were on our old distilling site, the government, uh, Hmm. some prodding and allowed us to have our own wow that's awesome okay wow. and i gotta ask i mean from a business perspective wait until the four-year mark on a lot of the products that's a wee bit risky because you gotta obviously that's time that you and money you've invested in there i mean was there ever a thought of going earlier than that or was it always going to be four-year no um I, you know, I've tasted a lot of young stuff, right? And I just didn't want to come out with a product that people would go, ah, you know, it's, it shows promise, but it's not there yet. So I didn't want to do that. And, and as we, we wrap up, any other questions here from the, the illustrious panel? Brandon, you can quiet up there in the, the corner of, of my screen. Um, 
I'm, I'm good. I'm enjoying all, both of these sports. <laughs> Have a good time. D.A., any other questions? Um, I don't have any, but I, I will say, that, I mean, the, I mean, the history lesson here is, is, is pretty, pretty insane. And it, it's cool. I think what, what you're doing is, is really cool, especially in this day and age where so many people are opened up new distilleries and sourcing from one Indiana place and then, you know, making a, making a name there and then trying to, so the, what the route that you're going, I think is like super interesting. And, and uh, I mean, I, de I definitely, can't wait to see you know what happens with you guys in the next couple of years honestly well thanks thanks we're pretty excited about our future here and uh any, anytime you guys want to come down come on come on down and see us Gethsemane, yes, Kentucky, okay. Gethsemane, Kentucky from Atlanta <laughs> Georgia okay <laughs> it's an easy ride, ride. Easy you'll have a, yeah. quite the experience on Dant Crossing. You can take in a concert, stay at an Airbnb, get some bourbon, have all sorts of fun things, right? Yeah, we can stay there for a month. We'll actually put you work in a distillery if you want. So there you go. Oh, perfect. You there you go. Yeah, better. <laughs> I work from home, so. <laughs> there you go. Well, Wally, I appreciate you sharing some pours with us. Brandon, DA, thanks for, for joining me. And uh, cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers. everybody. Yep. Hey, thank cheers. you. Thank you.